the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning, everyone. Peter Boyle's on the air everywhere on a Saturday. Our new start time is 9. We go to 1. February 24th, 2024. The weather's beauty. 62 will be the high. Uh, tomorrow, 67. On Sunday, Monday, 62 degrees. About four weeks ago, we had um, two Palestinian people in our studio. And as I said, you would have thought we ran over the neighbor's dog. The reaction, and it's interesting... In the echo chamber of talk radio, that at least talk radio is sadly turned into, this is quite rare, apparently. These people can't get a voice anywhere. So they are with us, the return of Dr. Rima Wadan, and she's director of Colorado Palestinian Club, and, um, and she's, by the way, a breast cancer researcher. And also, and I didn't know who was coming, but this is, a, this is quite a, an appearance. Rob Prince is here. And retired former senior lecturer at GSIS at DU, the Corbell School. And he is a supporter of the Jewish Voice for Peace. And, of course, we're talking about what's taking place now. How does this – I'm going to – before we go to the calls in our lines where I'll jammed up again, uh, start with, uh, with with Dr. Wadan. How do you think this ends? How do you think this this segment ends? I mean, I, I hope with less, less casualty – um, but it really depends on um, if if Israel is able to take accountability for the actions and if we can get to a state where we can protect more innocent lives, allow the humanitarian aid and stop using food and water as weapons of war. I really hope that we can get to that c- conclusion of uh, a ceasefire um, and, and, and cease apartheid because this has led to um, – the ability of Israel to carry out genocide without any accountability. And as the global arena has its eyes on the trajectory of what Israel is doing and how the United States is complicit in supporting Joe, um, its Biden, Joe Biden is changing. I didn't mean to interrupt, but there is a... I mean, I think they're yeah. changing because Israel is giving the United States the finger. I think well, they are be. they that are not be. responding to not Blinken, not, no, not not Biden. So they've lost their, their ability to control the situation. Well, so. I, I've been, you know, as a reader, um, Netanyahu has said there's no end to war without victory. We we're talking about war aims earlier mm-hmm. that how historians discuss or military historians discuss an aim. Um, if Netanyahu's aim, which he said is, is his aim, is a total annihilation of Hamas, uh, mm-hmm. is, is that even possible? You see, uh, it's good you mention that because, in a way, be, the, the way that Israel framed its goals, mm-hmm. uh, it might sound like an overstatement, but they have failed. They have, they have, they have, they have failed to eliminate Hamas. They have failed to eliminate its leadership, um, and they have also failed, or at least mm-hmm. uh, in their effort to ethnically cleanse Gaza. But I want to come back to your original question because I think that's really the most important thing. How do we get out of this? How do you get out of it? Uh, how does it end? I'll, I'll tell you how. Well, how the end begins. It begins with a ceasefire. All right. Uh, what a ceasefire does is at least it stops mm-hmm. this momentum for the escalation of war 
in, not just between Israel and the Palestinians in Gaza, but regionally. There's other things going on. And then it's the beginning, needless to say, a long, hard, difficult process for, negoti- for a negotiated settlement. And let us also, you know, you were talking about uh, the 15 wars between mm-hmm. Israel and, uh, I, I counted, and Gaza. I counted 15. Now, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the point here is those wars ended, and this war will end mm-hmm. too. It's going to end either through exhaustion of the players. Uh, better, the best thing is if if, if we, we can implement the ceasefire. And here, when you talked about President Biden, mm-hmm. it's true that his words of late have been moder- have, have moderated. The other side to the story is $16 billion worth of, mm-hmm. worth of aid and arms yeah. to Israel. So we have to determine, should we, should we listen to what he says or should we watch what watch he what does? Yeah. All well, right. The war machine, okay. and, you know, the military-industrial mm-hmm. complex, um, selling weapons, moving weapons. That's a big part of this whole thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, you know, as I said, it's like when, and historically, then we'll go take the first call. When during, during the time of Barack Obama and the Iranians and the U.S. is holding the cash from the Shah, and Iranians needed weapons, and they needed replacement parts, oh, right. and they needed the stuff. And so um, the pressure came on Obama from the war machine. It came on from the military-industrial complex, and they sent John Kerry, and I always thought that was interesting, John Kerry and the Mullahs in the same room. And after Donald Trump w- becomes president, wins, then the Saudis won weaponry and almost the identical people on the same airplanes and they went to Riyadh and they made the same deals and they make the deals with the Israelis and if you don't there's a great line from a song you're nodding your head doctor if you don't do it you know somebody else will and they will don't move what Ukraine is a gift these guys love to the military industrial complex definitely love Ukraine and they and they and they all right let us go to the phones uh, we start well, Nick you really waited a long time thank you so much it's Saturday good morning uh, thanks for taking my call <clears throat> uh, I have no skin in the game however I happen to be born in Cairo Egypt which oh. is an Arab oh. country um, anyway long story short I don't quite uh, is it true that on five separate occasions in the past the Palestinians were were offered a Palestinian state. All their conditions were met, and they turned it down. That's the first thing I'd like to uh, point out. No. Secondly, okay, answer the question. Is that true or not true? It's not true. When when you have loss of territory, that's not a condition that, that Palestinians would accept. Well, from what I have read and what I've heard, is that on five separate occasions, all the Palestinian conditions were met and they turned it down on five separate occasions. Doctor? Um, There were negotiations. That's true. Um, That particular, you know, the way the Israelis uh, put it kind of sarcastically is the Palestinians uh, never failed to... Miss an opportunity. Miss an opportunity, opportunity, yes. but, But in the end, the opportunities... All the conditions weren't met. All the agreements weren't there. 
And the interesting thing is when it looked like at one point during Clinton's uh, negotiations that they might come close to something, uh, it was it was Clinton, uh, Clinton and the Israelis that, that, that backed down. So so the, the way you put it is, uh, I mean, I don't know what you're reading. It doesn't matter. But let's just put it this way, that that's kind of a one-sided uh, explanation of these these painful negotiating uh, processes that have happened in the past. Sidebar All for right, me, okay. Nick. Sidebar for me. Where, where in Egypt were you born? In Cairo. Uh, my father was an American Army officer uh, wow. in, uh, when he was uh, uh, assigned to uh, the British Army when the uh, Germans were at El Alamein. Mm-hmm. You know that whole history. Sure, of course. That's and cool. he happened to meet... Mm-hmm. And he happened to meet my mother, who happened to be Greek, mm. and uh, I am the proud uh, uh, product of this mm. union. That's a very interesting yes, history. Yeah, do you have any memory history. of any memory of living in Cairo? Yes, I do. I remember we went back because the uh, the uh, Arab government. If you know the history of Egypt, there I was do. a huge foreign element in Egypt, and they basically ran the place. There were British there, the yeah, French, a oh. big contingent of Greeks and Italians. Mm-hmm. But and they, Nasser threw them all out. Yeah, they threw well, them all well, out. No, no, before that, they propped up a king. You know that part yes, of it, don't you? King Farouk, he That's was right. just corrupt as that. Well, no, my, my point. Anyway. Well, no, no, no. When, he was, when Farouk was thrown and replaced by Nasser, they were pan-Arabs. Mm-hmm. And, um, no, I mean, the British, the French... The same group of people that were in Syria, the same group of people that... Yeah, they ran the show. Yeah, they did. And Nasser, Nasser was riding the, the wave of nationalism, and yeah. the Egyptians wanted to run their own country. Yeah, isn't that... And what they did... Sounds like the I United States. Up, yeah. Well, sounds... anyway, they wanted to run their own country, well, fine. Well, so no. they threw all... They basically threw all the... Uh, or, or forced all the... Nash, I mean, the all the Greeks and the Italians out, mm-hmm. and they took all their property without compensation. That's I true. mean, they just took it. They wanted and to make Egypt great again. <laughs> no, Nasser, Nasser's in the, I, I re-studied Nasser and re-read Nasser, and he was a Baathist. And that's really important because they had the um, idea of, of the oil, and this really goes back at the Shah, but the idea is the oil belongs to all of us, not just the people that they, they dubbed the parasite princes, or they dubbed, and so like it was like one-tenth of one percent, even probably smaller than that, of, of Arabs, uh, so-called Arabs, owned all the oil. And it were the people in Kuwait and Saudi Arabia, and the beat goes on. And Nasser says to the so-called Arab in the street, now... You know, who were most of those people were dirt poor, especially at that time period. And he said, it's our oil. And that, it's a, almost like a socialist nationalist movement. And I've read now quite a bit about it. Saddam pro- proclaimed himself, by the way, a Baathist. But it was one of the reasons Nasser was so beloved and successful was because of those things that he said. He said, the British and the French and others, you don't belong here. This is Egyptian. And, you know, do what you may, but it's an interesting argument that Nasser made for his own success. Well, let me tell you what my my mother's family went through. They had been Greeks living in Egypt for at mm-hmm. least three generations. Oh, sure. At least. 
Okay. Yeah. And they owned a, you know, a fair amount of property. Not a lot, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And when Nasser took over, he mm-hmm. threw them out of the country. He yes. forced them out. Took the land and the buildings mm-hmm. and never paid him one dime. No, for I agree. It. I mean, and it was his 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 argument was you stole. It's the same argument here all the time. Well, you stole the land from us initially. We're just stealing it back. When in fact, a fair market value was was paid for that land three, four, five generations back. And all these people were asking for when they were thrown out of Egypt, just pay us a fair amount of money, just pay us a fair market value for the land that you're taking back. And they basically got the middle finger. Sure. No, I mean, that time, that upheaval, remember, Nasser, Nasser takes the Suez. What, what year were your parents asked, quote, quote, unquote, to leave? What year was it? Well, it was my mo- mother's family, because well, she married year? my father, who was an American okay, officer. But, but, but what but year? It was about uh, 53, 54. They were basically mm-hmm. forced out. No, that's, no, that's I mean, I, I, I would have guessed a little later, but what what happens then is, you know, Nasser seizes the canal in... Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. Yeah, and and that co- that was with Israelis, and then that causes... And you know who really inter- interesting? I was Eisenhower that says that's enough. That was America's finest moment. Thank you very much. It really was. Mm -hmm. And they were going to... But all I'm saying is, look, I mean, you can throw stones back and forth all day long. At some point in time, both parties have to go back to their corner and realize we've all made a mistake. We've all made a mess. We need to compromise. We have to quit shooting, sit down, and let's work this out. Do you think... I mean, I love your call. Do you think... That that's conceivable, seriously, given what what you know and no, what. not it is, and not not in the Middle East right now. And I also have one more question. I I find it interesting that Israel abandoned Gaza. It was run completely by the Palestinians. The Palestinians voted mm-hmm. and permitted Hamas to take over their government. Two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And instead of taking all those billions of dollars to rebuild the place, they spent it all on the war machine. That's a fact. That is a fact. So I don't think there can be any peace between Hamas and Israel. Me, you're smart. Let we me did have. Hold on. Hold on. I was, yeah, hang on. Just, I just, I just want to. I, I agree with some of your points, Nick, but I. I I have to like just stress that it doesn't matter if it's Hamas or the Palestinian Authority or the next person or the next group. There always seems to be a finger blame of any mm-hmm. Palestinian group and they're going to always paint them as they're not going to come to the table. They're not going to accept the, the, the miraculous deals that are always presented and they always keep kicking the, um, the, the can down the road. When we just have to go back to, let's look at the West Bank in Gaza. We still don't have full autonomy in West Bank. Look at the settlements that are there. So we have to like also put accountability where accountability is due and allow the Palestinians to run and execute. We, we, there's no, like, even in Gaza, like, the fishermen can't go except for a couple kilometers off to even do fishery. So the, the, the ability for them not to control their borders, not allow free movement of goods in and out, that 
that's a restrictive form of government. And so the Palestinians were never autonomous. They never are. They're controlled from all angles. And then you also have illegal, illegal expansion, eviction of homes, and, and, and the forced displacement of Palestinians from the land. We just have to just get to the point where I agree with you. We need to get back to the centered point of how do we coexist with one another, but we can't like ignore the root cause of this right. occupation and apartheid rule, military rule. We have to like get back to that. Um, point so that we can meet the next day, which is uh, a peaceful coexistence with all organizers. And I want to stress that people loved that era. I have my husband's from Tutkaram, he's up in North um, Palestine. And they used to barter and trade with Israelis for, for decades until the Israeli government came in through a wall between both communities. And the people from both sides were so devastated that they weren't able just to do the bare minimum, which is all they wanted to do is have a, a, a free going economy to be able to provide for their families, to allow their kids to go to good schools. That was the basic premise. And that's how, that's what Israelis want. That's what Palestinians want to like. And once the, the government like separates both entities, then you get like um, just uh, you know a bad taste in your mouth, and people get disgruntled, and you can't have functioning societies in that. Nick, take the last comment if you will. Well, I just I, I feel that um, in Gaza you had de facto a two party state. You had Israel and Gaza. Gaza was completely, pretty much completely run by the Palestinians. Israelis pulled out. Yes, they controlled the seacoast because, unfortunately, a lot of guns were being smuggled into Gaza during that period. And the Israelis had every right to control that to make sure that at least they were somewhat safe. The other problem I have is I really believe, and this is even more fundamental than the Palestinian-Israeli problem, there is a big section of the Islamic religion that needs to be reformed. Because deep down inside, I believe a lot of people who are of the Islamic faith, they justify this war. And they do, they need to do some real soul searching and do some changes. And that change has to come from inside the Arab world. It can't come from okay. the outside. I, I, I'm going to give, then doctor, you take the last okay. come here. Either one. All right. Um, you know what? Uh, I, I find your, your comments, particularly about your family history, pretty interesting. But in terms of, of uh, Israel and Palestine, there's something, there's a context here that in your remarks is, is missing, and that is that uh, Palestine is an occupied country. Uh, the the, the uh, Israeli occupation of the West Bank and Gaza and East Jerusalem is the longest military occupation in 20th century history. Um, and that Israel is essentially, if you look really kind of at its foundation, it's a model of what we call settler colonialism. And so what needs to be changed is that, rela- that, entire, that entire relationship. Uh, uh, and and that's, that just doesn't seem, Nick, to be any part of, uh, you know, of, what, of, of what you said. Um, okay, and enough. That's, that's my main point But interesting point to, to me as a reader. Can I say one thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. I, real, it, yeah, real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. How can you call the Jews settlers when they've been there for 3,000 years? They're not settling anything. Right. They were thrown out by the by, by the Romans and everybody else, but they're right. not settlers. They were along, they're along with the Arabs for thousands of years. Um, well, 
I mean, we I guess we could get into it, but uh, the bottom line is uh, what we call Zionism is a modern movement. It starts in the 1890s, and it's a classic example of, of settler colonialism. Uh, uh, and, and, and so the idea is how do we break that relationship uh, basically between colonizer and colonized. Nick, right. I, I got to okay, That's the best I can do, Nick. Thanks, but I Nick. tried to right. address Bye-bye. your issue. Thanks, man. All right. Okay. Um, ski season is taking a pause. It's full swing. Um, it is. It is. The snow's good up there. I, I skied Thursday with Gary D. And uh, Patrice and I are going to go this weekend. And it's time. It's time to visit Larson Ski and Sport. And I got these great goggles. And I've never... It was, with Alan Stack, he made me these lenses for ski goggles. And I was always, there was, I was giving me a rough time. So I go to Larson, and Paul gets me a set of goggles. And for the first time, and it was a nasty day to ski on Thursday, skied in goggles. And it was the best. Take it from me. You need any ski or snowboarding gear. Larson Ski and Sport. We're there yesterday. The guys at Larson's sit down with you. Take the time to get to know you, your family match you with all the right brands so you can enjoy your time on the hill. Believe me when I tell you, they're convenient. You're stopping way up the hill and the way down. This time of the year, oftentimes people just start to ski because it's getting warmer. Days are getting days are getting brighter, and you can ski. Take the big wooden building south of I-70 on Kipling. So you're westbound on I-70. You get off on the Kipling exit, come down the ramp, make a left, come under the tunnel, come out the other side, and you'll see a big wooden bu- building. The first building is the Crab Shack. Second, Big wooden building right on your right, right on your west side. That's Larson Ski and Sport. They're open today, open tomorrow, open seven days a week. Remember when you rent for your kids, always get rentals. If you buy them the skis, that's crazy because next year skis will be bigger boots. They need bigger boots. They have all kinds of, I mean, just the best gear. Please tell them I sent you. Paul, uh, Jack, John Marriott's son, the, the boot guru, Larson Ski and Sport. South of I-70 on Kipling, open seven days a week, 303-423-0654-423. Again, 0654. It's com. Morning, everybody. It's a Saturday, the 24th of February, 710 KNUS, Denver's talk station, 62. The high sun's out, 67 tomorrow and 62 on Monday. Uh, we have two lines open for the first time. It's amazing. And in studio, and this really begins back about four weeks ago when we had two Palestinians in our studio, and one has come back. Uh, she's a doctor. She is a breast cancer researcher, Dr. Rima Wadan, and she's director of the Colorado Palestinian Club. And she brought Rob Prince with her, who's a retired former senior lecturer at the IR school, the Corbell School at DU. And as I said, we talk about taking heat, man. And it's supposed to be what we're supposed to be. All right, so now we go to Bob. Bob, you're on a radio show. It's Saturday. Good morning. Good morning. I just wanted to say, um, you know, in uh, World War II, Nazism was a very popular movement in uh, Europe. Fascism spread all across Europe. Um, And um, during World War II... Uh, the Allies firebombed Germany, and you can look this up on Wikipedia, over sure. 500,000 Germans died in the firebombing of Germany uh, from the Allied bombing. And, you know, uh, your guest said that 
Hamas is very popular and it's not going to go away. You know, Nazism has not gone away, but it's been suppressed and, uh, it, you know, um, mm-hmm. and the um, uh, governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, the other day said that she's from Buffalo, New York. She said if Canada attacked, uh, like Hamas attacked Israel, uh, Buffalo, they would not exist the next day. So, <laughs> and right. also I want to say, say, say this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh? She said that. I am just agreeing that she said that. Yes, and, you know, in uh, Egypt, uh, when Israel gained uh, statehood and uh, Egypt expelled the Jews, and today, you can look this up on Wikipedia, there are three Jews today in Egypt. Three, you know. I was looking uh, at videos of Gaza City, uh, that were made before uh, this conflict. And you can look at the women walking the streets of Gaza City in those videos, and they're all veiled, and they're all, not a one of them has even showing any hair. But you can look at the, the, picture, the videos today of the subways in Tehran, and, uh, Iran, and the women, uh, many on the subway, do not wear the veil. So I think uh, in order to ever have peace in uh, the Middle East, you're going to have to get rid of organizations like Hamas, Mm -hmm. which is a terrorist organization regarded so by almost all Mm -hmm. of Europe and the United States, uh, just like we got rid of uh, the uh, Bob, Bob, hang on. All right, let let them retort because now we got jam lines. All right. Doctor, um, anybody? I would like to Go ahead. Uh, respond to that. Um, first, uh, Bob, the the comparison between the rise of fascism and Nazism in World War II and uh, painting Hamas with the same brush is a false comparison. All right, that's for starters. All right, uh, there's no comparison uh, there whatsoever of any of any um, validity. Um, like other callers, Bob, you seem to put all the onus on um, uh, ending this war on Hamas. Um, you, yeah. you don't. You don't. You don't. Hey, Bob, well, listen, yeah. Bob. Hang on. He, yeah, he, let, yeah, you, he right. let you talk. So, I mean, I'm I'm not literally trying to respond to what you said as well as I can, but I don't hear anything about. Um, what Israel should do, Israel's responsibility in, in ending the war. Um, I don't hear anything about, you know, eth- the ethnic cleansing of Gaza, what what the International Court of Justice is, is calling, at least that there needs to be an investigation. Is there a genocide going on? So is, is, is what you're saying basically that the, the Hamas is the, basically the main source of every all the problems that are happening in the Middle East, and if we got rid of it, everything would be okay. Am I or am I misinterpreting you? I think it's like uh, Germany. We need an unconditional surrender, and then you can uh, mm-hmm. bring an international force in mm-hmm. of uh, the United yeah. States mm-hmm. and European countries, uh, and they can expel hey, Bob, Hamas. Bob, this is Peter. Huh? This is Peter. Who surrender? Yes, who surrenders? 
I mean, when we when well, we look we look at the Germans, you know, Hitler kills himself. They show up in the little red schoolhouse, which is actually a big schoolhouse, and they tell. And Eisenhower's in the other room, won't come out and shake their hand, but they quit. The Japanese quit. I I don't. I mean, that's First World War. And by the way, in terms of the bombing, I don't know if you thought that was a good thing or a bad thing to bomb the Germans. But um, remember when when Blitzkrieg starts, and ask the people in Warsaw or any places like that. Or London, uh, you know, who really fires the first round in that kind of a, a situation? But my question to you is, who do you think would surrender? And Rima, back to you. Who? I mean, I don't know who surrenders. And it, and it comes down to you can't identify people. Yeah, yeah, I, how do you identify? Like no. even amongst Palestinians, how do you identify Hamas? It's 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 an ideology to some, and and, yeah, and no. the ma- mass. Uh, the most of the Palestinians living in Gaza did not vote for Hamas. So you mm-hmm. literally are you're pinpointing on who dies, and what we're trying to do is prevent the deaths right. because there is no way to and identify the, the the target. Yeah, yeah it's. I mean, I, I love to call, but when people do that, I like. Um, I just finished a book called uh, the Tokyo Trials about you know versus what happened in Nuremberg, what happened in. in so it's a LeMay moment. And and remember, they took two atomic bombs for them to quit. And LeMay had this really interesting comment about himself. He said, if I ha-, he said, if we lose, which, of course, was impossible, he said, I would stand trial as a war criminal because th- they had done what you talked about. They had just dropped so much. And the ja- I'm not saying that it's wrong, but that's what it took for the Japanese to quit. And... And again, it takes a second bomb for the Japanese to quit. And LeMay is actually, I didn't realize there was a third bomb in Windover, Utah. He said, send the bomb. He said, these guys are going to, it's going to take the third one. And so, but I don't know who, who, who would throw in the towel. I mean, who would say, I, I quit. And can I add something, sure. Peter, is like when he said his statistics about the, the amount of Jews in Egypt. Um, so th- the percentages is less than 100 um, uh, members of the Jewish faith in Cairo, Egypt. Mm-hmm. That's the actual article. And actually, after the Arab Spring and the, the demise mm-hmm. of the economy in, in, in Egypt, um, it's really economic prosperity. There is no um, governing, solid governing um, structure in Egypt. And a lot of people left mass exodus of many, Muslim, Christian, and Jews. Mm-hmm. So I don't want anybody to misinterpret that there was a forced exodus of Jews from Egypt because they've been living in prosperity with Christians. Christian Jew, with Christians, Muslims, and the members of the Jewish faith, um, and they have been for 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 centuries. So um, I just don't want people. Now I'm going to the, I'm gonna give Bob the last comment. Bob, it's yours. Uh, yes, I just think there needs to be uh, an unconditional surrender of Hamas. They keep mm-hmm. acting like Israel is the perpetrator. But again, you're asking for something to really be difficult—an unconditional surrender. Not going to happen. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't see that. It's like the United States asking for the surrender of ISIS. Yeah, right. Yeah, and, or, and who is ISIS, and how you know, do you identify them? It's just an impractical yeah. notion. Yes, exactly. And in and in uh, Mosul, we firebomb the Mosul. Yeah, but Dresden, Dresden is an interesting story. Um, they. You're, I mean, if there was that moment, it was Dresden, but Dresden and Hamburg and yeah. Hamburg, yeah. But they mm-hmm. also 
again, you get back to this, how, how, how it needed destroyed before it was, could come back. And that was... You know, it's a very interesting point. I just want to add one thing here. What were those firebombings about? What the firebombings were about was to, to see if they could break the spirit break back. of, of break the civilian back. population. Yeah, back. And for as horrific as those bombings were, that did not happen. No. Uh, and, and, of course, there's a comparison here with the Israelis trying to break the spirit of the Palestinians by bombing in, in – uh, in Gaza, and I don't—it's not happening yet uh, either. Uh, so, so actually, this question of the firebombing—I've really—it's yeah. a very. In, there's a lot more to say. But the more firebombing, they, they yeah. firebombed Tokyo is where they firebombed. Yes, and, and, and there were several hundred thousand casualties. One was, night. Yes, in one in night. One night. Yes, yes. they, they firebombed. Yeah. No, I mean yeah. Tokyo, and and the reason—one of the reasons—big deal—we're really off topic, but one of the reasons that they chose Hiroshima is because it was virtually untouched. They had mm-hmm. not firebombed Hiroshima. So you get a better f- feel on what they actually could do. And so the bomb yeah. was, Hiroshima was chosen as the target for uh, for, for the okay. bomb. Hey, I love your call, Bob. I mean, like this yes. morning, the discussions are really, really brilliant. Thank you for your time. Uh, what, do we, what do we do? We take a break. Take a break. Uh, we have a caller, Muhammad, is coming up. So we'll do that. It's a Saturday morning, February 24, 2022, 2022, 2024. 62 will be the high, 67 on Sunday. I'm Peter Boyles. This is 710 KNUS. Good morning, everyone. A Saturday morning. Shows like this are the best. February 24, 2024, 710 KNUS. One line's open, 303-696-1971. 62 will be the high, 67 on Sunday. Again, it is interesting. This is the second in a series of shows. But uh, Dr. Rima Wadan, we have now become friends, director of the Colorado Palestinian Club. She's a breast cancer researcher. And also came was Rob Prince. He himself is Jewish. He's a supporter of Jewish Voice for Peace, retired senior lecturer at GSIS, the Corbell School. Uh, lines are jammed. Let us go to Muhammad. Muhammad, you're on the radio show. Good morning and thank you. Good morning, and thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm speaking from uh, the point either 100 years ago or 100 years uh, from this time when the people look at the case of uh, the Palestinians' occupation. It's an occupation, black and white. It it now became a complex situation, and I want to emphasize it has to be resolved with a heart. So it's not going to be solved overnight, but it's an occupation. People, uh, I mean, uh, Palestinian, uh, I mean, it's like Algerian. I mean, if you go back to the Algerian uh, si- uh, situation, when the French, they came to Algeria mm-hmm. because they want to pay their bills. Uh, the Algerian, 130 years. I mean, mm-hmm. can you believe it? I'm just and, reading and that right day, now. Yeah, I'm reading about it. day, it's a foreign object. It's, it cannot occupy somebody with oh. faith. Yeah. Well, so the, somebody with, with values. Yeah, the so rise. The same thing. Uh, same thing, uh, if, if I can finish, the same sure. thing. We can tap dance, we can make it Hamas. I, I don't care, Hamas or Shish Kabab. It's resistance. <laughs> People want to be free. So today we go to Hamas, tomorrow maybe we go to Fatah. It is the Palestinians. Yeah. They need that land. And the, the United States, the, the West, altogether, they, they planted the, the Zionist state there. They need to solve it. But I call it to be solved with heart. 
because it's complex now. It cannot just come and, and create uh, world death uh, on every side. It has to be solved by heart. But 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 the the milestone is is the it is an occupation, black and white. There is nothing in between. It's interesting you mention Algeria. I'm mm-hmm. reading this extensive, extensive book. I'll probably take me next to the month on on Cold War and. Um, the French had been booted out of Vietnam. And where do they land? Algeria. And then the battle for Algiers begins, and Ben Bella is the guy who mm-hmm. they run the French out. And, uh, I mean, it, it, whether it's Michael Collins in Ireland or Ben Bella in Algeria or Ho Chi Minh. No, the Algerian people, the Algerian people, not Ben Bella. Yes. The men and the women mm-hmm. in the mountains. No, you know, the Algerian, the, the, you mm-hmm. know, the blood of the Algerian refused the occupation of 130 years. Mm-hmm. And there's no difference between the blood of Palestinians and the Algerians. Palestine will be free in my time or not our time. And I well, Muhammad, God, where, where were you born? Oh, I, that's not relevant. I am a, a free man. Mm-hmm. I am a citizen. No, but and I believe the no, 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 no. Uh, uh-huh. I am a free man. I will be in the side of justice. Doesn't matter if it's Algeria or Palestine or even somewhere in the United States. Like Black lives matter as well. So, but just to be clear, it is an occupation and it has to be solved with the heart. I really want to fight Peter with this because I know some people think just come and fix it. It takes time. Uh, it took a lot of time. But you know, what, what's interesting as a reader is that doesn't always seem to be the case what mm-hmm. you know there's that might makes right and there's also and Algeria is a good example and again I'm in the middle of this other book that's got a book and it's about a lot of it's about Algeria and the French did not leave because they wanted to that is absolutely true they were forced <laughs> out yes they yeah, were, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like mm-hmm. we have been forced to get out of Afghanistan. Yeah. It, yeah. It's too costly. It's too expensive to be there. I mean, if you come to Algeria and you visit the places, the, the, the castles and everything, mm-hmm. and until now, they were there to, for good. My mom was a servant for French lady. Can you believe it? Halima, a servant for French lady? Mm-hmm. It, it's unbelievable. No, it unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting, you, uh, Muhammad, you raised the question of Algeria, and not that it matters that much, but in my professional life, actually, the areas that I looked at were Algeria mm-hmm. and Tunisia. And, and in my thinking, looking at what's happening in Palestine, Gaza in particular, but even more generally, I, I constantly come back to comparison with Algeria and, and to French settler mm-hmm. colonialism. Uh, and, you know, for me, the issue, uh, you, using this comparison, was there a future for the French in Algeria if they were going to live side by side with the Algerian people? And the answer to that was no. The, the mm-hmm. French left. And so this is now the, now the issue, quite frankly, for Israeli Jews. Can they live with Palestinian Arabs, not in a, in a colonial-type situation, but, but as sisters and brothers, as equals? If that's possible, and you can call it whatever you want, you know, let's not get uh, um, name stuck. Stuck on two states, one, <laughs> one state. state yeah. How can we solve this mm-hmm. issue so that there's a place for both peoples, uh, 
in a democ in a democ in a democratic way. So yes, I I think of Algeria uh, every day. I traveled through there years and years ago, and I want to say, Mohammed, I was a young man, and everybody that I met was my age, and either they themselves had family members mm-hmm. who had died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was when the war of Vietnam was going on. It was a humbling experience. The French leave. Yes. As the Southeast Asian... May I say something? Sure. Of course, this is not a Jewish and Muslims or Jewish and Arab or Semitic and Semitic because we are all Semitic. This has nothing. The only place the Jewish live the peaceful life is with Muslims and Arabs in North Africa. Yes, historically. The Jewish being been killed and 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 and, 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 and genocide if with the white people is a europe eastern europe so it's so so sad to see us so misguided with this media it is the only time the jewish has been persecuted is under the white people that's why i question even the intention of supporting israel it's not because they love the zionist people this has nothing to do with the jewish the Jews in Morocco, I just visited many places in Tunisia, Morocco, Algeria. We still places. There is, a, we said, a, a Jewish uh, part of the town, nice location. People live together. Uh, the, the, the advisor of the king of Morocco is Jewish. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, give me a break. This is Zionist, and we have a Zionist Muslim, by the way. We have Zionist Muslims to support uh, the occupation of Palestine, and some of them head of state so the problem is complex it has to be solved with a heart and thank you bob and the team for working for peace and muslims and the jews and the arab and jews they always live together in peace and and we love you uh bob this is peter (laughs) i want to ask a question for everybody it seems to me as a reader that empires attempted to control that part of the world, whether it was Romans, you're nodding your head, you know where I'm going with this, um, to the British and the French. Um, somebody inc- and somebody has always attempted to try to hold an empire. And all we know this historically, all empires fail. It's one of the problems that's happening in this country today. Is It's an empire, it's going to figure itself out here. You're nodding your head. Yeah, so I, I got one minute. So I, I, I'll, I'll turn it over to Mohammed. Mohammed, um, the peace came under the Ottomans, and um, so how does it end, Mohammed? Uh, because the West decided not uh, to let the Ottomans have united uh, Muslim faith, Arab, whatever you call it, to be one. So, and uh, by the way, the I mean, sadly. Uh, if we just live with our, I mean, if we just apply the values like the United States as a global power, uh, if we just to be, be fair towards the Ukraine, the way how we denounce mm-hmm. the occupation and the war against Ukraine and the massacre that Putin is doing, how can we be in the same, same few minutes, turn around and say, this is a casualty, and whatever his mm-hmm. name, yeah. or State Department was crying, the, 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 the crocodile tears, yeah. it's just a hypocrisy. You're getting, I don't want to be, when I am all gone, I mean, like mm-hmm. a year from now, I want to remember that I stand for what's right, okay? All right, we have, we, now we got to pause. So, Muhammad, thank you. We have uh, one line open. I want to read a really interesting text to you when we come back. This is 710 KNUS. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.